What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be talking about four players who have kind of overachieved expectations through two weeks of the NFL season. These are players who have just boomed through two weeks. I think people are really, you know, rising them up their rankings. They're becoming very, very valuable for fantasy football. And I just want to talk through these players, go through whether or not I think they can kind of sustain their production, whether they're going to fall off. Maybe I'm trying to sell high on them, or maybe I'm interested in retaining them on my roster. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any last minute questions before uh, Sunday, drop them down below. I'll make sure to get back to as many people as possible. But I feel like we got to start off here with Puka Nakua. He's really just come out of nowhere and absolutely been a huge fantasy factor through two weeks. He's actually the wide receiver two in points per game if we're only looking at the players who have played in both weeks. 26 PPR points per game and he hasn't even scored a touchdown. That level of production with no touchdowns is just absurd. He's commanded a wild 35 targets and he's caught 25 of them. Both of those um, stats lead the NFL. He's also number one in the NFL with a 39% target share and number two with a 41% target rate. Week one, 10 receptions for 119 yards. Follow that up in week two with 15 receptions for 147 yards. This is really just like a mind-boggling start to his career. I mean, like he was getting some hype heading into the season where you were kind of just hoping he could be like a potential flex option, a weekly like wide receiver three when there's bye weeks or injuries. I don't think one person on the planet expected him to produce how he has through two weeks. He was a fifth round pick in the most recent draft. And it's not like he was some sort of like stud wide receiver in college and not even like a player who went to a super small school, balled out, but maybe didn't get the respect because the competition wasn't great. He went to BYU as a senior. He only had 625 receiving yards in nine games. So here's kind of where I stand on Puka Nakua here. I personally struggle to believe that he went from a like good, solid um, college wide receiver to all of a sudden being like one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL in only a year. I just find that pretty hard to believe, but I also think we can't just call this a fluke because there are some fluky games where someone will have like a big day, um, but no one can command this type of volume. Even some of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now haven't had a two game stretch like this. So I'm kind of, you know, playing in the middle here. I don't think that he's going to like maintain this absurd production. I don't think he's going to overtake Cooper Cup as like the wide receiver one when Cooper Cups comes back. Um, but I also don't think he's just going to totally face plant throughout the rest of the season. I think he's proven he's plenty talented. Do think he's going to come back down to earth a little bit, but I don't think that means he can't produce as like a solid wide receiver two moving forward. I will say though, if someone thinks that he's going to like maintain this insane production, obviously not like 26 points per game, but if someone thinks he's like a locked in wide receiver one rest of season, I'd be interested in kind of pivoting to a more proven guy. Like, I mean, if someone's going to give you like a Calvin Ridley or a Chris Olave for Puka Nakua, I would have to go out there and take it. Um, but I'm kind of in the middle where I think he's proven he's very talented. I think he's going to be relevant throughout the rest of the season, but I don't think he's going to maintain this crazy like high-end wide receiver one production, but really just a great story through two weeks here with Puka Nakua. Now, the second player, we're actually going to stay on the same team and talk about Kyron Williams. I talked about him a little bit in my uh, running back rankings video for week three, but I kind of wanted to re-dive in in a different video. Through two weeks, he's averaging 22.7 PPR points per game. He had uh, top 10 finishes both in week one and in week two. 
And I think in the short term, Kyron Williams is a really strong option week to week. He's averaging 14 and a half carries per game. He's leading the NFL in targets at the running back position through two weeks. Um, CMC might have jumped him, but obviously that's through uh, three games. And then he's coming off a game where he had a 95% snap share and an 87% raw participation. We also had Cam Akers traded to the Vikings. So it seems like this running back room is just wide open for Kyron Williams to just dominate the usage. Here's my concern with Kyron Williams. I'm not super convinced he's all that great of a running back. Um, He was a fifth round pick. He's 5'9", weighing in at under 200 pounds, or at least at the combine or his pro day, he was under 200 pounds. And the reason why Kyron Williams slipped in the draft was because he was very small. That was a factor, but he was also not super athletic for his size. So he ran a 4.6540, which is really rough at that size. He only had a 10th percentile speed score and then only a 21st percentile burst score. And then even looking at week two, right, he had this huge workload. He um, produced really well for fantasy. He actually had the worst rushing yards over expected per attempt for week two. So like the fantasy points look great, but in terms of like real life NFL production, it really wasn't all that great of a game. I also believe he had a uh, dropped pass that got tipped up for an interception. So it's not like from a real life NFL perspective, Sean McVay is going to see that game and be like, all right, Kyron Williams got to be our locked in running back one moving forward. Plus just looking back to last year, we know Sean McVay can be all over the place with this Rams running back room. Everyone thought Cam Akers would be the stud RB1 heading into the season. Daryl Henderson was the guy who got the, you know, clear RB1 snaps in week one. Daryl Henderson didn't even finish the season on the roster. He was released mid-season after being their uh, week one running back. Akers was a non-factor throughout most of the season and then dominated the touches in the last four games. We even saw Kyron Williams take one game as like the clear number one. So I just don't think there's like a clear thing that's stopping Sean McVay from taking away touches from Kyron Williams. If he was going out, playing at a super high level, dominating with that huge workload, then I'd be more willing to buy in. But the fact that from like a real life NFL perspective, he really hasn't been that great. I struggled to see Sean McVay just force feeding him the ball throughout the entire season. Um, I think we could have Ronnie Rivers slip in here. Zach Evans, I think, could, you know, become a factor or potentially just uh, someone off the street. I just don't think Kyron Williams is like this established guy who has this role on lock. So if he can maintain this volume in the short term, I think he's a great, you know, running back play, starting your lineup week to week. But I really just have no confidence he holds on to this role rest of season. And I think he is a very, very strong sell high at this point. If you can flip him for like top 12 running back, fringe top 12 running back, I can actually give you guys an example. Someone actually reached out and offered me this trade. I was giving up Kyron Williams and I was receiving DeAndre Swift and Terry McLaurin. I'd probably take Swift over Kyron Williams just straight up. You get Terry McLaurin on top. These are some offers that could be out there for Kyron Williams if he is on your roster. So I'd go out, try to sell high if you can. Um, Moving over to the next player, it's going to be another running back. It's Brian Robinson. I think a lot of people, including myself, expected this to be pretty much like a 50-50 split between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. That is not what we have seen through two weeks. Brian Robinson has been the clear leader of this backfield, averaging 21.2 PPR points per game through the first two weeks. Last season, Brian Robinson did operate as the RB1, more of like a 1A, 1B situation once he returned um, from his like gunshot injury. Um, but he had a 54% opportunity share last year. So he had the majority of the touches when he was there, but he's up to 78% so far in 2023. So a huge jump from 54 to 
through two games, he's averaging 18 and a half carries per game. Antonio Gibson is still going to be the guy who's used primarily as like the top receiving option, but we've even seen Brian Robinson's target share go up. Nothing crazy, right? But he was at three and a half percent last year. He's up to 7.9% um, through two weeks. I don't expect Brian Robinson to maintain his fantasy production. He's been elevated by three touchdowns through two weeks. Like, I don't think he's going to keep that pace over a 17 game season, but I think he's in a decent spot to kind of maintain this workload. This is back to back seasons where the commanders have kind of turned to him to be their lead guy. So I don't think he's going to be like a locked in top 10 running back rest of season, but I do view him as like a very, very strong weekly running back too probably like a mid to high end RB2 option at this point, especially with some of the injuries to the running back position. So I think Brian Robinson's kind of going to keep this train rolling as long as he can hold on to that clear cut RB1 role. And I mean, he's been solid through two weeks, so I don't really see any signs of him like, you know, losing it um, anytime soon. And now moving into the fourth and final kind of huge breakout here through two weeks, it's going to be Nico Collins. He's averaging 20.8 PPR points per game, coming off of back-to-back impressive performances. Week one, six receptions for 80 yards. Week two, seven for 146 and a touchdown. Personally, I did expect Nico Collins to be the wide receiver one for the Texans, but overall, I just did not expect their passing attack to be as strong as it's been. I'm looking at Nico Collins. He has a 23.3% target share, so that's a strong number. Like Coming into the season, you told me that was his target share. I would have said that was a huge win, but over a full season, that 23% target share number is not going to align with his current 10 target per game pace. Um, He's kind of benefited from the Texans just going super pass every through two weeks. They have 91 total pass attempts um, in the first two weeks of the NFL season. It's very, very unlikely that they maintain that pace. I do think it's encouraging that they've been down in games. That's probably going to be a trend that continues and that they're willing to let, you know, CJ Stroud just go out there and sling it. I think that's a good sign, but over 45 pass attempts per game, that's not going to stick over an entire season. So I do think his volume, at least in terms of like volume per game is going to go down, but if he can maintain the same share of this offense, I think he's in a good spot. I think he's already pretty much paid off from where you drafted him. But I view him as more like a wide receiver three, maybe like fringe wide receiver two rest of season. He's currently a wide receiver one. I might've said running back, I meant wide receiver. He's currently a wide receiver one in points per game. I don't think that's going to stick, but I think he's going to be someone you can trust in your lineup, throwing him into the wide receiver slot or a flex option. So if you did draft Nico Collins, I think he's a guy who can kind of stick around on your roster. If someone is going to go crazy and pay up like a mid-tier wide receiver two price, I'd be willing to ship him off, but I don't think it's like his value is just going to plummet over the next few weeks. It seems like he has a solid role in this offense. CJ Stroud has wildly impressed through two weeks and he has looked like the number one guy. So those are going to be the four players. Um, We had Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Brian Robinson, and Nico Collins. General consensus, I'm expecting, you know, pretty much all four of these guys to kind of come back down to earth, but there are certain guys I'm more confident in moving forward, potentially keeping them on my roster. Others, maybe trying to sell high while we can right now. That's going to wrap it up for this one. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.